verse 31 and can be found on page 1135 in the Church Bibles. <clears throat> what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any ch charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. And so we pray that we may know your presence and hear your word and find hope and trust and your love and we ask it in Jesus name amen in the passage that we've just heard from Romans there are a couple of words which perhaps we don't always notice but one of them is the word separate Paul says who shall separate us from the love of Christ and then in verse uh, 39 nothing will be able to separate us from the love of Christ you know when someone dies there's that awful sort of gap we wonder where they are now we're so used to thinking of them about their business even when they're not actually with us and suddenly there is a separateness they're not we are not able to picture that anymore and when we think, well, where are they now? However great and long-standing our Christian faith, there's a wobble because we can't picture it. And it is just so hard. And there are big questions, questions that we long to be answered for us, that we might have assurance, the assurance which even though we are people of faith, we sometimes find difficult and which for people who perhaps have no experience of walking with the Lord Jesus, that's even harder. So we feel the separation and all that that means, 
the pain of parting, the missing, love no longer touchable. But we're people of hope, and I'm going to suggest right now that perhaps there is a different worldview which doesn't bypass the suffering, which doesn't make light of our pain, but it does give it a new dimension that we might be able to give death and loss a new narrative, a new story, a story in which there is hope, in which there is something more. In these verses, Paul is triumphant about conquering. But what did he know? He lived a long, long time ago. What does he know of our life now? Well, Paul had actually experienced a whole lot of trouble and sorrow and suffering. He mentions trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger and sword. For your sake, we face death all day long. And that wasn't just a, a form of speech. The early Christians were constantly persecuted by both the Jewish authorities and the Romans. And Paul must have lived every day not knowing what was going to happen. And there were whole parts of his life where he was in prison and he just never knew when his life would end. He'd lost friends. He lived with the peer, fear of imminent suffering and death. He was powerless. And much of that was for doing what Christ had told him to do. And he could so easily have said, Lord Jesus, you don't love me. You don't care about me. You've allowed this to happen to me. He could even have given up. Why did he not? The answer is in one very tiny word near the end of this passage. No, he says, in all these things we are more than conquerors. What are we conquering? It's not denying sorrow, but it's saying that it will not win. It will not divert us from that knowledge we have of the love of God. Our new narrative is one in which Jesus took the cross. It's suffering, death itself. And he not only went through those things with us, for us, on our behalf, but he conquered them by his resurrection. Who knows what victory over evil and death happened on the cross? Perhaps we'll never understand this side of heaven, but Jesus took the worst that the world can do of its bitterness, its sorrow, its difficulty, and he nailed it to that cross and he made victory out of it. And so he invites us to take the worst that the world can do and somehow grasp with the hand of faith the victory that Christ has won over death. And so we're offered a new story, a story in which death is no less awful, loss is no less painful. But there is a story and that story is about love. In this passage, We've got, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Why? Through him who loved us. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. It's about love. It's interesting, Paul doesn't say nothing will be able to separate us from Jesus. He says nothing will be able to separate us from Jesus and his love. Christ's love is what conquers. And that's why there is no separation 
No separation from what? From the love of Christ. This new narrative is one where we see this broken world in a different way. It's a loved world and we are loved people, each one of us. We are part of another realm, a realm that Jesus won for us by his cross and resurrection. And what do we share? We share that love which reaches out to us with victorious, conquering assurance. I wonder if you've ever seen a small child, perhaps your own or a grandchild, fall over. And they've really hurt their knee. And they're really miserable. And they don't know, they don't even want to be touched for a bit because they're so angry because it hurts. And then that moment when they realise that mum or dad is there and they pick them up and they put them on their knee and they wrap their arms around them. And the soreness is still there. It hasn't gone away, but somehow it's transformed because they are loved, because there's someone they trust who is holding them in their arms and probably putting a plaster on, but saying, you know, I love you. It's okay. I think I've probably told this story many times from this pulpit, but I shall never forget when um, my elder daughter was in hospital when she was five. She had appendicitis. And at the end of each day, I had to leave her to go home to the younger one. And I can still hear her little voice shouting down the ward, Mummy, don't leave me. And she must have thought in a way that I didn't love her. But actually, if I didn't love her, I wouldn't have let her be in that situation and I wouldn't have cried all the way home because what I wanted was her best good in a way that she couldn't even begin to understand. Paul and others have lived and died as they did because they believed that this world is only part of the big picture. And that's the narrative that I invite you to reimagine tonight or perhaps even to imagine for the first time. We are not alone in this world. We are part of a much bigger reality in which Jesus now sits at the right hand of the Father and waits to welcome. He's welcomed those that we love and miss, and he will one day welcome us. We are deeply, deeply loved. Christ loves us by name, individually, personally, deeply, and gave everything for us. And so in our pain and our loss and our sorrow, he, as it were, picks us up and puts us on his knee and wraps his arm round us. And he loves our loved ones. He loved them too from before the world began. And now they know that love in a whole new dimension. Those who have died are not lost. There is more to this world than we can see. Paul says, I am convinced. How can we be convinced? How can we grasp hope and assurance from doubt and fear? And this is the crux. We focus not on the doubt, not on the fear, but we look into the eyes of Jesus and we find that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. Not the loss that we feel, the sorrow in the night, the waking up in the morning and not knowing how we're going to get through the day, 
the difficulties that face us as we confront a whole new way of living. Nothing will be able to separate us from that love, the love of God poured out in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus and made real to us by his Holy Spirit. We are loved permanently. Nothing can break that love. We are loved in this life and into eternity, held secure. So how do we then carry the burden of living in this broken world with all its insecurity and all its doubt and all its not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow and all the sorrows that we carry which gradually build up over the years into a kind of package of the hurts and the difficulties that we've known. How do we do that? How do we live with that? We remember what it feels like to know that we are loved. Perhaps you might be able to recall a time when you suddenly realised you were loved. Perhaps it's when you first fell in love. Perhaps it's when you first realised that someone was going to say yes. Perhaps it was when you looked into the eyes of a loved parent and saw the pride and the love and the, and the gentleness that was being poured out to you. Perhaps it was in the, the eyes of a grandchild. I got a video the other day which my son-in-law had dug up from about 15 years ago. He was sorting out his files. And it was my now 17-year-old grandson who was just being put to bed and he was being told, he was on a little video, to say night-night to me. And I got, night-night, mamma. <laughs> you know, I cried. Um, but there was love in that, and there still is. Bless him, he still loves me. Remember what it feels like to know that we are loved and then transport that into something infinitely bigger, the love of the Lord Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to do something perhaps a little bit unusual. I'm going to ask you to shut your eyes if you'd like to. You don't have to. But I want you to picture yourself with the arms of the Lord Jesus wrapped around you. Picture the love that he has for you. And picture his arms around the ones that you love, the ones that you miss, holding them, loving them, smiling at them, rejoicing at the life that they lived for him and at the life they now live in him. And now he takes your hand and he says to you, come on, we can walk this road together. You are safe. You are precious. This life will end, but we will go into eternity together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.